Good thing I read some of the news. I was surprised there's nothing in there like about did we talk about Twitter's max max last week? Like having only like six hundred six thousand tweets? I don't think we did. Well, the week before that. Oh, the six. Oh, the max. Yeah, but uh, like the limit. Did, yeah. The limit. I thought you said max, max, like MacBooks. Is that how they're no. saving money by just letting you tweet less? Yeah, yeah whatever. They're yeah, they're charging tweet. for Tweet Deck now. They're gonna charge eight bucks a month, which is like pretty big for the, at least for my majority of my people who work in the Intel community. Everyone uses Tweet Decks to follow a bunch of different lists, and now uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to pay yep. eight dollars for it. So I'm just oh. not gonna do it. All right. What's high? Whoa. Whoa, look at this guy. Does my mic work? Your mic It works. does. It sounds clean like butter. Does it sound Smooth good? like butter. <laughs> I thought you were in a hotel room earlier. I mean, I am in a hotel room. I'm just, I brought my mic with me. Oh, it's, right. it's an Airbnb. It's an Airbnb, yeah, not, oh, which is like a hotel, hotel, except for it's a house. Oh, you, I'm actually in br- the air right now. Oh, wait, is it, it these Airbnbs I've heard about, is it like a hotel with more rules? Um, yes, it's like a hotel, yes. but you have to actually do the, the host taxes before you're allowed to check yes. out. There's like a cleanup process mm-hmm. and you have to like, do, there's a like way more work. Gotcha. Yeah, but the, actually the reason I'm in an Airbnb is because I can bring cats with mm. can bring cats. Oh my gosh. I, I actually am before, before we got to kick this thing off here in a second, but um, I am plus one cat right now. Uh, not only am I fulfilling the hosting, no, the not the hosting, but the video production with ryan out i have ellie cat no of ellie cat fame in my house currently that's uh, exciting it is exciting his cat's actually really cool are you really your cat sitting for ryan that's absolutely so yeah i've got uh, we've got our two cats and then ellie's up here and my daughter made a sign she's she's stayed here before so yeah they're regular yeah they're regular <laughs> she, she gets uh she gets vacation she gets points and now it's a party okay i think we can start this thing now which one of you is gonna kick it off mr strand Corey? Florida man, I can, I can take it. All right, John can well, take I'm, it. I'm about to throw to the finger then, and uh, we can go from there. Roll that beautiful finger footage. Roll that beautiful finger footage. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another edition of Black Hills Information Security, talking about news. Um, This particular edition of talking about news is brought to you by Black Hills Information Security. As we like to say, if you think you've been hacked, call us. If you would like to prevent being hacked, we have a sock. Call us. If you'd like to get hacked, that's kind of kinky. Call us. That's what we're actually here for. Um, it's been a bit of time. We had the 4th of July weekend where a number of us were off. So we're kind of getting into this and it's kind of a bit rusty, but I'm told that there's actually news stories that have came up and I've been trying to log in to Notion. Um, so we'll be getting to those stories just briefly, but until we actually get those stories, we'll introduce you to our cast of characters. We have Alex. Hey, Alex, thank you for coming back. And Hello, you're- your man, your your Mandalorian mannequin, or your Mandalorian? Uh, I don't know. Is it a taxidermy type thing? I don't I know. You know, not taxidermy. No, just a, just the mannequin again. Yeah, just the mannequin again. Wow, that's weird. I don't know what that is, but that's that's not fresh. Um, <laughs> that's so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's. I uh, like how you did the sniff that. test instead yeah, of the spit test. Yeah, I, see, I'm learning. I've got teenagers in the house. You should always sniff before you drink something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably going to be prime and then you know all of a sudden and you're like logan paul like minion or something like that <laughs> we also have ian who has an amazing green screen behind him 
Uh, we have Wade, Wade through logs. We have Florida Man, uh, Ralph is with us, and audio issues. Seriously, is your audio down? No, my I th- I don't know. I mean, you tell me. I'm audio issues. It <laughs> sounds me. It sounds fantastic, Corey. Sounds great. Really, really, really All right, good. I'm gonna change my name to video issues. Then hold on. Oh, very video cool. issues. Be so, a little quiet. You can be a little louder. Ian, oh, since oh, I'm okay. having Notion login issues, I will. Uh, I will kick it over to you for bringing up our first story, sir. Oh, well, I'd love to do that, but I'm having the exact same issue. So why don't we just go with, uh, uh, why don't we I can, just I can make up I, some stuff. Yeah, so, okay, here's, 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 stories. Hold up, I here's the, the list of stories. Okay, first of all, the FBI hacked Hive, kind of a big deal. That happened. Okay. There's ransomware. The ransomware region of Eastern Europe has been busy. There's exports, there's imports, and... There's Move some it is apps. still a thing. Move it like four other companies have announced. Well, they're just it's yes. not a, Move it's it not to a thing. Electric Boogaloo. It's, it's, wait, no, it's not it? a thing. It's still a thing. They're just posting the data. Yeah, they're just they're like just telling everyone that hey, we were also affected. No, there, no, there's more Move it. There's like more Move it vulnerabilities. Oh, there's no, a, oh, of course like there is. Move it, move it? Yeah, they're, they're like, wait a second, we got more moving it. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Now they're moving it. Well, I heard Klopp is one of the best pen testing companies out there. That's what they yeah. say on their website. <laughs> so they charge you after they're done. There they're is like, supposedly they, a new move it transfer or a uh, new um, vulnerability. Uh, new. Let's go. Let's go to there first. Take oh us away, God. Wade. You probably know what, what it is. I, I am. Let me find it. I had You're the it only up. one that knew about the new vulnerability. It's another so. one. Well, it's another SQL injection vulnerability. Yeah, but it's, it's but it's a different move it. It's move it transfer. Yes, yeah, not move it transfer move it. web application. There's like a bunch of different products, by the way. It's very dizzying and confusing, but yes. It's uh, an SQL injection vulnerability. It's been identified in the move it transfer web application <laughs> that could allow an unauthenticated attacker to gain unauthorized access to move it transfers database. So hold on, hold on. So, so this is it, totally the where there's smoke, there's fire thing. Yeah, it's just like, like when ago, the prince pooler. Like, hey, there's yeah. SQL <laughs> vulnerabilities. Maybe we should check other products too. Hmm. I, 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 but this is, this is a tale as old as time. Song as old as rhyme. You, you, I, I always go back to uh, like the Java and the Adobe Acrobat vulnerabilities from a long, long, long time ago. It's like as soon as the hacking community understands that there's some type of vulnerability that they can go after, it's like they swarm on it, right? Um, like everybody is like, I wonder if there's any more SQL injection vulnerabilities in this thing. And it's game on at that point. I mean, right. I would hope that Move It, as soon as they knew that they had some vulnerabilities, that they immediately hired like a bunch of really good pen testers to just field strip the hell out of their application. But I know. That didn't happen. Um, what more than likely happened is they're like, that's it, right? Are we good? We're fine. Mm, yeah. right? We found that vulnerability. Dev team, are we good? And the dev team's like, yeah, fine. We're good. And, um, and we're going to production. Uh, they're like, okay, what's the, how many uh, ticks away from last pass are we on the doomsday clock? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. They're <laughs> like, we're two ticks, we're two ticks away from last pass. So uh, keep going, I guess. Yeah, I think I think we're in that ballpark for sure. So, what do you think that's yeah. actually so seriously though? Do you think people are moving away? Do you think they're like no more move it? Oh yeah, absolutely. And and I and I think it's an easy thing to move away from, right? It's not like they're the only company. It's like when Solar Winds happened, mm-hmm. people were like, "Well, that's it for Solar Winds." It's like no, a lot of what Solar Winds does, like they're one of the only companies mm-hmm. that do that, and it's something that's just kind of embedded into your organization at that point. Right. But move mm-hmm. it. I think that there's lots of file transfer alternatives out it, there. So is it this? Was, 
this new patch wait it's not in the wild right or is no it in no the it's not they found it they okay. came up with the cve right they said so hey, this is a pat is, on the so. back so they actually this oh, actually moves them on one the back. Well, that's good. it is it moves them one tick away from the last pass on the doomsday clock actually it, like you know proactively finding and fixing things like i think what john said is probably what happened but it, where is exact- else are there issues yeah we'll hire the- a firm it was the exact same kind of uh, SQL vulnerability as the other app. So they just kind of like took the same process down the product mm-hmm. line, right? So. Now, that other SQL injection vulnerability, that one was released to the public. I know that Huntress found it and they did a video demonstrating it. And it seems to me like that was not a trivial SQL injection vulnerability, um, like something that SQL map would find. Uh, because if that was the case, there would have been a Metasploit module within like the evening. I can, I can confirm that SQL Map did not find it because immediately after the exploit was not public, but customers were asking us, we tried just hitting everyone with SQL Map and it did not really pan yeah. out. So yeah. it was a little bit more complex than that, but definitely these two exploits bear a lot of similarity, I think. I mean, I've, done, I've done web application uh, uh, vulnerability assessments and um, or just like diving deep into a web app looking for SQLI and a lot of times SQL or SQL map doesn't show it right that's kind of like the low-hanging fruit um, you know you kind of have to dive a little bit deeper but I mean I've I pulled out tons out of burp I mean it's a ton of requests but you know you'd be surprised what kind of comes out of there I googled like b- top move it competitors just to see what type of like tr- articles I get and one <laughs> of them is win SCP. <laughs> so the 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 sell the sell with it with this was that uh you know the customers weren't actually opening up like an ftp client or scp client and then transferring files what they were doing is they were going to that web interface that had you know that credential that they had given to them or some magic link or whatever and then doing that same kind of process in the back end right so it was all about like the user experience more than it was like the actual protocol underneath right yeah but yeah, I'd be curious to see what this other one is. It's another SQL injection. I don't know. It, it's it's it, yeah. It's it, unauthenticated. It's an unauthenticated SQL injection as well. Same thing as the last one. It's, so that's yeah. That's a good way to get your customers to patch quickly to have um, you know ransomware gang exploit the issue. It's like I I, I bet you now ninety nine percent of customers patch within twenty four <laughs> hours. Before it was probably like fifty percent. Yeah. So the more recent victims, Rochelle uh, came out and announced, and then also uh, Siemens Energy confirms that they were. I've, so I've been browsing the Clop ransomware site, and there's a lot, dude. I yeah. don't think anyone's announcing. Everyone's announcing, but I I I can read you a list, and it's just it goes on just, and you on. You just like pull out a guitar and just like dum dum dum, and then <laughs> no, it's it's a lot. I mean, definitely like we're monitoring for our customers, obviously, and there's even some of them in there, but like. It's just a ton. I mean, it's they hit almost everyone. It seems like pretty anyone that was using it. And it was yeah, fast. I think anybody that was using it got compromised. Yeah. And I think the ransomware group just plugged in the vacuum cleaner and just started slurping up information. Which yeah, I, I found that sure. kind of interesting. Is that like they're not dropping ransomware; they dropped a web shell and then just pulled information. So they're still yeah. using a bit of that ransomware model, but just soaking up all the information. Is yeah. is their website on tour? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, would you tour. say that Corey does dark web monitoring for Black Hills? Is that, is that I, a new that's service? Exactly that's what I do. <laughs> Dude, that's my title. You didn't know I was a dark I web. I didn't digger? know that. No one told me. See, that is. That is literally his job. <laughs> Look I, at I my clothes. Am I wearing other colors? No. Yeah. Your, your background's too <laughs> bright. Oh yeah. I'm gonna paint this wall black before when I spend enough time on tour. You can yeah. you can bring the fancy mic, but you can't bring the wall light. Come on, like ah, <sighs> that's true. Where's, oh. 
Wispo put in, if the vendor's third-party businesses get compromised, is that a fourth-party compromise? I think <laughs> that's a fifth-party compromise. And I don't know how Kevin Bacon works into that. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure he does in some fashion or another. We just know everyone's compromised. That's all we know. <laughs> Everyone is compromised. Yes. Everyone is hacked all the time. So speaking of being hacked, to get away from this story, because I really want to talk about this, um, the FBI hacked Hive. I think that this nice. is... We've been kind of seeing the United States government, even DOD, drifting towards a more active stance towards nation-state actors, of course, for a long time, but going after ransomware groups. I, I, I don't know. Like, you know, there. Okay, so my opinion on this is freaking game on. Like, let's go. Like, open you know, season. FBI, yeah. Start, what, start why not? It down. Let's bring them down. However, there are other quote-unquote thought leaders in the industry that are like. This is a bad idea because if we start being offensive against these offensive people, they're going to get angry at us and, and, and they might hack us harder or something. I don't, yeah, I don't I know. know the whole, the whole concept that like something will cause people to hack harder is just funny. Like I never, I never really vibe with it. It's just how like, do you, how do you hack from jail? Yeah. <laughs> well, well that's so so that's kind of that's kind of a good point about this article because yeah. they talk about Ralph. how, that's how there Callie. was no arrest there was yeah. no arrest and it was still a win so that's yeah. kind of uh i, yeah, I feel like crazy. this is yeah i feel like this is i mean first of all it's really cool good work but i i feel like also oh. it'd be funny to just see like open season on ransomware gangs are they secure i mean some of them have bug bounties but beyond that like no <laughs> I, I, for a lot of the stuff that i like in the distant past, not recently. Um, usually, a lot of hackers have incredibly, like, just piss poor sec ops. Like, well, just, yeah, it's it's uh, because at the end of the day, black hats are about making profit. And as we know from our some of our breach victims, <laughs> if you make a lot of money and don't spend any money on security, you make even more money. I, I until you I, get it, breached. It sounds just like so. Excuse me. So are are are, are people that are securing us like some dark like dark ops operator for some ransomware gang is like, should we hire a security company or hire security people to protect <laughs> us? I don't know. That just seems to me like that's a cost center and I want to focus we on- can do it ourselves. We, we yeah, can we do, can do it, it ourselves. ourselves. And no one's going to be targeting us anyway. Like, I would love to see like a side-by-side commercial of a CEO for a major corporation saying the exact same shit about not securing their stuff as like somebody that's running a ransomware gang. Right, you know, oh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, I'm just kind of running with it. The question yeah. I have is: Would this spur a new industry of hackback organizations? Yeah, and we be part of that industry. Yeah. I was going to say, it's what? Not- what do you mean a new industry? Mm. Well, so, I mean, yeah. having having a corporation, the FBI hacking into a group is one thing, but having a hackback from, say, a corporation, all of a sudden the corporation says, "Well, they came after us, so we're going to go after them. We're going to hire X, Y, Z, like." You have the private detective agencies out there. We're going to hire Black Hills Hackback because they hack the harder. If I you, mean, you happen to need a hackback against an organization, no, we we don't. We don't. Do I that. mean, did you guys? Did I mean we talked about it a little bit on the show? But did you guys look at what happened with the Uber hackers? They like tracked him. They doxed him, tracked oh him down, God. went to their they house, and made them sign legal down. papers. That's a, yeah. that's about as hackback as you can get. That's like some Breaking Bad stuff. It's like it, find who they are. Yes. Figure out, you know, go to their house at 8 p.m. and say, 
oh, it's a nice family you got there. Here's a legal document you should really I sign. Just, I just think it's interesting because, you know, um, the U.S. government typically on their hack back approach, they uh, send some drones over and uh, take some people out in other countries. Right. Mm. Um, that's yeah. like their our physical kinetic way of like putting people out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this has happened recently. It could have. Who knows? But, um, you know, that's kind of a different take than uh, what we have here with some of these like ransomware groups, right? Like, do you think, oh, hold on, here's an open question. Do you think they would be more concerned if their like buddy got like, you know, uh, a drone strike? But typically, the reason why it's not happening, I think, this is my personal opinion, is because they're in Russia. So I, well, I would be concerned with. The whoever's doing the hacking back receiving an escalation of let's away from the kinetic stuff, right? Okay. Let's, let's stick with cybercrime. Well, I mean, yeah, because I was I was going to say that my on the kinetic stuff, the reason they don't do it is because there's probably U.S. nationals, there's probably Cuban, yeah, yeah, yeah. like they're dude. These are decentralized organizations. Like maybe they are state sponsored in some sure. way. But, dude, these ransomware groups are huge, and anyone can join. Like, you know, they have developers probably from the U.S. They probably have developers from other NATO countries. They can't just go drone striking everyone. No, I know, but they can just go <laughs> arrest someone in the United States, right? Like the Maybe, same but I, it, I think the other thing that's cool is, like, they did provide the keys to everyone, including, you know, if you lived in Russia and you got hit by this gang... You still got a key from the FBI. So, like, <laughs> it's like, it's the, you know interesting in that it, it took away some of the venom from these attacks like it's it just has to be very demotivating that uh the fbi got access got access to that remote admin panel and they were seeing like as soon as things were it sounds like they were as soon as things were posted uh the fbi was reaching out being like hey would you like to have a, a key to decrypt it um so it took away a lot of the venom they did talk about in the article that you still had to deal with uh, keeping stuff from being leaked, so there's still that part of the venom that's there. Uh, but yeah, it works really well as a demotivator. Where you go, okay, you, you uh, the hacker hacking group went through all the trouble of compromising uh, an industry just to have it, you know, show up on their feed, and immediately the um, the victim has a key well, offer to for them. sure. And I'd I've like, said this on the show before, but like the the hacker's worst enemy is other hackers. It's kind of like yeah. Mm, the you know, by sowing dissent it. within, yeah, by sowing dissent within these groups of like, who do you trust? Is this, are you, are you FBI? You have to say yeah, no if you're FBI, into, right? That gets into psyops at that point, right? And which mm -hmm. is still a type of ha hacking back. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that the CISSP in me, who's, who's really not doing all that well, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, <laughs> he, he's, he's like, well, you know, according to legalities and all of these things, you should never engage in hacking back because hacking back is bad. Striking back is bad. And I do believe that intellectually, right? Like I look at it and it's like, yeah, you really shouldn't be striking back and hacking back against the attackers because of collateral damage, escalation, all of these different things. But there's a little part of me. That when you do hear about these organizations hacking each other, when you see the FBI actually doing this, when you have the Uber thing that goes out, right? That part of me, oh, and Microsoft, uh, not Microsoft, Google years ago with, um, oh my God, I can't remember the name of the group. This was the Aurora exploit a long time ago. Uh, it was the Chinese. And when you see that actually happen, you really, like, there's part of me that's like, yes, God damn it, let's go. Because we do need people to start looking at cybercrime as a risky endeavor, right? Like if you talk about somebody mentioned they're in Russia and things like that, 
If you're in Russia, you're in China, and you're hacking for the government or hacking for organized crime, the overall risk to you is incredibly low. Uh, it's, it's a great way to make lots of money. It's relatively easy to do. You don't have to work out in the sun with a shovel, digging holes and things like that. But there's very little risk with it. But God, if we could just get the perception of the risk to be a little bit higher, like broken windows, Jerry Bantham, Panopticon, those types of things, that would change things dramatically. Um, so like I said, I'm of these two minds, right? There's the one that, you know, if somebody comes to BHIS, which they have in the past, um, like other nation states are like, hey, we, wanna, we want you to help us find all of the criminals in our country. And criminals are synonymous with gay people and they tend to kill them. It's like, that's freaking terrifying. No, I'm not going to do that, you evil bastard. Um, you know, we don't want to do that. But at the same time, like I said, anytime I see Uber or I see like the FBI actually taking the battle to the attackers, that just feels good deep down. And I don't know I think if that's it, just yeah. me. I mean, I think it'd be funny. You know, obviously, it's not illegal if the FBI does it. We found that out a lot. But yeah. <laughs> um, basically, I think it'd be really funny if, like, you could get authorization. I, I will say, if a customer came to us asking that, I would just tell them it's a huge waste of resources because that's truthfully, like, that's what it is. You're going to spend tons of resources trying to get your data deleted and it's on a copy of some dude, you know? No, like, usually, so, whenever, you know, whenever, whenever I've had companies come to us, like companies, not nation states, the company is not interested in getting their data back. The, the company is absolutely not interested in setting things right. They're only interested in revenge. Um, it's like the bank in Southeast Asia that's like, we need help tracking these attackers down. And they're like, are you going to work with Interpol? Like, what's the law enforcement agency? And they're like, no, 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 we're going to take care of it. Um, <laughs> that's where they're coming from. So how do I get my license? Like, it's like open season, right? Like back in the you know Wild West, it'd be like, wanted, dead or alive. Yeah, ransomware. He's got a license to hack. And, and <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a license to exfiltrate. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like... <laughs> I do want to bring up one one piece, and it's kind of a, a little bit of a go back in that uh, when we talk about hacking back, this was years ago. This was uh, 20, I want to say 2018, 2017. I was talking to somebody from the Digital Warfare College right at West Point, uh, not not the, the friend maybe we're thinking of, John, but somebody else. And they had actually ran a tabletop exercise uh, that went and did a hack back. And they walked the people through doing it. And then, lo and behold, one of the IP ranges that they hit in this tabletop exercise was a, like, a dialysis pump at a hospital. Oh, God. And it killed the son of, like, some Chinese ambassador. No. Right. Like, wait, in the tabletop? That's it's what tabletop, happened? tabletop, in the okay, tabletop. Okay, cool. Because that's what they were doing. They were saying like, this, like "That's this an is, intense tabletop." Game. It is an intense. It, well, it was, the, <laughs> like, it was at the West Point College of, and I forget what it was, but that, that was the scenario they were coming up for young military leaders that are going to deal in this this warfare to say these are the types of things you need to think about because none of this is precise. You no, know, you can't drop a smart bomb on. So well, I guess we could. I mean, USA, USA, but uh, yeah, America, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Really, I feel like the. Uh, future security researcher that tries the hackback thing will have a blog post called how i ended up on the no fly list <laughs> yeah i was gonna yeah. say do you think like hacking has become sophisticated enough where the collateral damage for that type of stuff at least for anyone willing to pay for it is going to be pretty minimal at the most no part. it's going to be a lot them. of human beings that get compromised along the way because if you're the easiest way to get to the ransomware actor is through their grandma right so like yep. that's the like 
that's where it gets into the human collateral damage. And if, you know, that's where it gets into the unethical side of things. And John's inner CISSP is yelling and screaming right now. And it's just like not a good, you know, you can't target that accurately. If your goal is to hack one of the ransomware actors, you're not just going to send them a phishing email and they click it. Although I guess probably worth a shot. But but, what if what um, if they're using move it, right? Like, do you do you (laughs) assess the way you're going to get in beforehand and be like, oh, okay, here's here's their servers. Here's their infrastructure. They actually have a couple vulnerabilities that we have. Boom. I would think uh, there's going to be a collateral damage estimate yeah but we can't attribute that's the thing yeah Uh, we can never attribute like how do you confirm that this is actually the hive ransomware groups move it and not just a compromise (laughs) that that gets into the psyops like the psyop side of it is something that i love right the idea of breaking into a ransomware group like one person's email and then sending an email to somebody else saying hey you know what we should knock off the guy that's running things and just letting chaos (laughs) ensue um (laughs) is and that's what they did right too i mean basically and more steps than that, but so it's just ransomware with more steps. Is that what we're? It's talking? just ransomware <laughs> with more steps. I mean, <sighs> if you seize hardware, that seems like really aggressive ransomware. Like you know, you can't what? get your servers back unless I send you the server, not the key. What? Well, what if we were to instead to seize a port? Oh my gosh! Oh, like you're talking about Japan. yeah, yeah. You mean yeah. like the ransomware thing? Where they shut down, isn't it the largest port? Yeah, it's the largest port in Japan. Yeah. They completely shut it down with Lockbit. Now, no one's going to get their Toyotas on time. (laughs) Toyotas are awesome. Mine was built in Mexico. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I know, I know. The joke was, is that they're all built here. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I am surprised that we don't see more things like, like this. Um, this seems like almost like an anime like i you know i'm obviously thinking in the japanese headspace but like yeah a printer th- i'm just gonna read the sentence a printer connected to the system printed a notice reading Lockbit. bit <laughs> 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 like, like imagine you're just sitting at your computer like why it no worky and then it just prints out a thing that just says Lockbit. you're like I, oh okay. that explains the thing that it bothers me about this is how bad is their it infrastructure where the attackers are like yeah they're not reacting um, did you put uh, it on the screens yes we put it on the screens hit them again uh, <laughs> can you send them a print it's like what is this like 20 yeah, what was uh what was the article back where the dude had like everything on a usb drive and then lost it like <laughs> he had like all of the yeah well all of the finances for a single city on a usb drive every or, single oh, crypto yeah. story <laughs> yeah and oh yeah that's true but then there was the was guy who was say. in charge of cybersecurity who didn't use a computer like he's he yeah. never used a computer before that was that was, in Jap- that was japan yeah, that was as well like, yeah. he's a people person he's you know? not he he's not an engineer <laughs> I, he's good at social engineering okay <laughs> not a nerd so, oh, yeah, the, so it's kind of light on details on uh, it on is it, it basically is, uh, you know, classic, though, you have to yeah. halt when certain systems go down, you have to halt operations. And mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it probably was a social engineering attack, maybe phishing. Um, mm-hmm. Have you guys seen the uh, team's phishing stuff recently? Yes, I've been seeing yeah. some articles about that, but doesn't that require you to already have like some level of account or can you do it directly from the outside realm? Yeah, so you can do it from the outside. So we've been doing some stuff like this uh, for red teams as well. But uh, there was a new tool that kind of came out recently to kind of automate the whole process, right? And uh, the way it works is pretty simple. From the outside, you set up a, a Microsoft Teams tenant or uh, Office 365 tenant, and then you send an external Teams message uh, with an attachment 
um, and use a payload that way, right? Um, kind of interesting because you can also share attachments via um, OneDrive and other things like that, where like the user has to click on it and only that user has access to that file. Um, so making the IR uh, a little bit harder and stuff like that. So additionally, when people do receive messages via Teams, they're like, oh, it must be work related because I only use Teams for work. Um, most people don't use Teams for like a personal. Um, so yeah. This is a great example of a long line of exploits or tools that are yep. basically someone found something like the fact that Teams enforces file restrictions on the client side. They mm -hmm. reported to Microsoft. Microsoft yep. said, we don't see this as an issue worth care. fixing. We don't <laughs> care. And this person's like, okay, cool. I'm going to get my 15 minutes of fame. Here's a GitHub tool. It's yep. called Teams Fisher. Puts yep. your logo on a you know hack and congratulations. Sure. Now you're, and now I guarantee you, Microsoft will fix it. This is the only way to get them oh. to fix it is to publish a tool that exploits it. And that's Josh Wright's law. Josh Wright, like years ago, said companies will not fix vulnerabilities unless there is an exploit in the wild. In particular, <laughs> Metasploit. Um, <laughs> uh, Metasploit. So your PSA for today is if you do have an organization that is using Office 365 and Teams is to disable external um, messages from yes. anyone that is yep. the and train your employees on during security awareness training. You need to train them about other phishing vectors than just email. <laughs> yes. So let me get this straight. I'm not supposed to click on any Teams messages. No, you're not. No. I'm not supposed to click on anything from like OneDrive. Don't, don't, no. don't, don't no, do no. that. So if I get an encrypted email, are encrypted emails safe for me to open? Yeah, no. No. Yeah. Oh, God, no. No. You don't, you don't want to do that. The more no. it talks about security, the more you should run. Okay. Yeah. Like anything for the safety <laughs> of your account is a bad idea. As as a blue teamer, seeing those encrypted emails come in and you're just like, oh my god, is this real? Is like you're like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, and then and dissecting it. Where is it going? What was the what was the game show in the '80s where you didn't know it was behind the door? Like, do you want what's in behind door number Monty one? Monty Hall. Let's make a deal. Yeah. Let's make a Let's deal. Make a deal. It's like you know, like uh, should I open it or not? It's still um, on. Wayne Brady hosts it. Wow. He does wow. now. Yeah. Do you still watch it? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I want to watch it now if Wayne Brady, yeah. like Wayne Brady's like Dave Chappelle show thing. Was what was immediately oh. what I went to. Wayne Brady going to have to choke a bitch? Uh, <laughs> like, oh my God. That was so funny. I have another article and this one yeah. is uh, not as security and more drama filled, but oh. so Twitter is threatening to sue meta over threads. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. Uh, I need to ask before we do this, like threads, is it worth it? Cause I I, I've never used it. It's, it, it is literally what Mark Zuckerberg does. They literally coined a term. It's called zucking things. What he does <laughs> is he waits for something <laughs> to be made and he zucks it. It makes the same thing, right? I and know, then, rip Craigslist. Uh, it got converted. It got zucked into Facebook oh, Marketplace. Oh, wow, I never even realized Craigslist. But I'm going to give him credit for that, okay? I, I'm going to give him credit for that, right? Because it wasn't something that he just started doing. Like, on the inside of, like, their jackets that they give you, they talk about, you know, move fast, break things. And in there, there's there used to be a line that said, find the Facebook killer before, before it kills yes. mm -hmm. And their whole thing was like, buy acquire steal like mimic well whatever. the problem is the it, facebook killer turned out to be the entire business strategy but anyway oh sorry <laughs> yeah too right. mm. so yeah. what happened was this time is they saw a wounded lamb about to die and they decided <laughs> they would go ahead and make a better lamb really fast yeah but it, it's so weird like you know elon musk just just absolutely torching twitter 
right? Like, <laughs> I, 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 I can't even. So I, much money you mean optimizing, optimizing, John? You mean optimizing? I'm <laughs> laying off 50 staff in this problem. And mm. it wasn't and Twitter, random. Twitter was viable, guys. Like, I was going there every day. It was, it was, a, it was a mess, but. I don't know. It was a fun mess. It was our mess. It was, it our, was our mess. mess. It's now it's just like, holy <laughs> hell. I, uh, I, 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 they're going to be studying what Elon Musk did for generations of hard business. There'll be a whole business like, book about there, There's going to be an entire class dedicated to that guy. And when they're done, students like this is long after we're all dead and gone. They're going to be like, so was he a genius or was he an idiot? And they're just going to be like, it's a matter yeah, of opinion. Yeah. It's a matter um, of opinion. So I have. I have two things on that that I got to share. One, I had the same conversation with a good friend about just why, why, why is he doing this with Twitter? And she was like, follow the money. Uh, you know, uh, she said the Saudis funded most of this purchase. And I was like, well, really? They just want to burn $44 million to billion dollars? Destroy Twitter? Destroy Twitter? Yeah. And, and all she said back to me goes, remember the Arab Spring? And I was like, huh. Yeah, but... But how do you, how do you, okay, so how the hell do you buy off Elon Musk? Like, at the time, he was the richest man on the planet. I think he right? still is. He still is. And yeah. th- I, I don't know if he is anymore. I think there's no, that. Tesla went up crazy. John, once you, once you get all the money, you have to start, like, acquiring billionaire, like, punch cards. And one of them is, like, being... <laughs> Go to a Saudi prince's yacht and like fire yeah, an AK forty seven into the, the air. You know, right. like it. Into you know, like it's, Let's be fair. When is he going to be on the Simpsons doing something? Right, like the Simpsons have to predict you doing something okay, crazy. Okay, okay. People are like he's a useful idiot. I gotta disagree. He's the richest man on the planet now. Now, okay, Dostoevsky's okay, useful idiot, all that. Okay, but 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 seriously, do you think that they, hey, Elon, what we need you to do is we need you to burn this to the ground? Or did they meet him on that yacht with an AK-47 and they're like, that dude is mentally unstable. <laughs> he's walking around. He's got his Trace Commas, Trace Commas tequila. He's drinking. And they're like, hey, Elon, um, you should totally buy Twitter. I bet you won't do he it. Does it. He won't do right? it. He won't do it. He won't do it. Uh, yeah, you should buy it. And I bet you could lay off like 75% of the staff, like especially all those legal people. Oh, yeah, yeah, get rid of those. Yeah. Do you think that they just convinced him to do it? And he no. thinks it's oh, his I, idea? I think, yeah. I think you just run out of things to do as a billionaire and like buying and turning an entire Zeitgeist company into a dumpster fire. Like that's next I, level. Like how many people get the chance to do that? No, I know, like, right? The there is, you go. Punch the guy is or, I think that they called him up and they're like, Elon, if you do this, we'll make your daddy love you. <laughs> and that's the only oh, thing he never got. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, so wait, 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 wait. wait. Okay. John's left Twitter turn. Gets left turn. Okay. Well, kind of not really left turn. Continuing over that little speed bump. Uh, so Elon Musk should watch who he threatens because I heard that Twitter got hit with a ninety million dollar legal fee. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Like, did you? The funniest thing is a former Twitter director saw the bill and responded, "Oh my freaking god!" Court documents <laughs> show. Oh. So, so Twitter's much. already suing their last law firm over the ninety million dollars in legal fees they incurred. So maybe he should watch out who he sues at this point. Yeah. I, at this point, he should just like quietly go away like for a while, like go to a mountain retreat, like go hang out with Jack somewhere and just not talk to people for a long time. I don't think he's capable of doing that. I, I think he needs the attention. I really do. And it, kind of going back to your point about the, you know, did they convince him to do this? No, no. I think they he just pointed him in the direction. And it, it really, your useful idiot 
it said it all. It's like they said, oh, well, yeah, we'll fund that if you want to do it. And everyone went back like, is he really going to wreck the thing that we hated? Cool. All right. Yeah. Neat. But I did want to go back to one thing before we go too too far into this, because I said there was two things when you you asked about threads. Yeah, Um, you got the first one. Yeah, yeah, threads, it it is going to crush Twitter. I have no doubt in my mind you can mark me down on that because... Oh. The, yeah, it will. It absolutely well, will. Because don't all the big name. corporations literally are already bought into the advertising on metric, Instagram. The whole meta, all of it for Instagram and Facebook. And now they're saying now you can have Twitter too, and all your tools are still there. All your stuff's still there. You're going to see all the news agencies get there. And to, I think Corey said as well, the, the, or maybe it was uh, Ralph, or on the Zucking things. That's, that's been common in business yeah. forever. You know, you go through, whether it be technology or whatnot, Ford makes a car, and then suddenly there's other car companies, you know, that say, oh, well, we're going to do it differently or better or whatever. Uh, That's, imitation is always there. So... They're just the 900-pound gorilla imitating. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is with the with this, and especially from like this big social media thing or, or, or like a competitor for Twitter, is that it requires you to be a big enough, right? You have to be a big enough gorilla to actually come onto the stage, well, right? And because what happened is, is that this happened with Reddit recently too. Everyone was like, all right, where do we go? I, I, you know, I'm upset with Reddit. You know, they're they're treating us bad, and they're like, "All right, we can go to this other decentralized thing." And then they're like, "All right, let's all go over there," and then it just shuts down because that thing was just like one dude, yeah, right? But, and then, <laughs> but, uh, but I almost, I, but, but I look at this as different, and I do. I think uh, Tony Hunt. I think we need to highlight his comment. He said <laughs> Meta's ad infrastructure is a hundred times bigger than Twitter's. Yeah, they have the they have the entire infrastructure to get that ad revenue and pull it in right away. But seriously, with Zuckerberg and Zucking this, right? You know, Elon's doing this. And I, I seriously think that Elon had an attitude of like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go to Mastodon? And yeah. Mastodon was kind of fun. And, you know, Blue Sky, I think, is really cool. And it, it, that the, the whole time, I, I can just see Zuckerberg and his team like, do they not know that we could like recreate that in the weekend? Like, seriously. <laughs> oh my God. He just laid off a whole bunch of people. And we can hire them. We could hire those people. That'd be a great oh, idea. Okay. Yeah, I wonder if there's any data out there on that. Oh no, they're oh, suing them in this, they're in this lawsuit. Them. They're suing them for doing that. But, but <laughs> that lawsuit, can you imagine it going to court? And then Elon Musk's tweet says, I am sure that they will be fantastic assets to another company. I mean, <laughs> are they still doing a cage fight? This gets even to another article that I saw where they brought up a dick measuring contest. Literally. I no. wish I was kidding. Uh, yeah. dude, no. I, don't, I don't even yeah. want to go look for yeah. it. I it's saw, not worth my I time. Saw that. Yeah. Not worth no, my time. really? No. Like, yes. I want to go why back did, away Why from did Silicon Valley end? Does anybody think that Silicon Valley ended too soon? Like, God. No, that's probably why they ended because they saw the writing on the wall. They're like, it's I like was going to say, truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah, yeah, they're like, we can't make onion articles anymore. Yeah, like, we just no. like, <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, I, I basically like it's. I love that. Like when you get to billionaire status, like the only thing left to do is just like mess around with and try to one up other billionaires. That's all there is to do. That's it's like. It. Oh, you have a 455 foot yacht? Well, I just commissioned a 456 foot yacht. Like, it's seriously, like, it's like third grade. It's like, my dog's bigger than your dog, and your dad can beat up my dad. Like, it's like, what? I don't, yeah, I don't I, get it. I, I don't know. Let's, let, okay, let's switch on. Like, speaking of sucking, we got to get on something <laughs> technical, right? Because we can just yeah, talk about yeah, IT. Yeah, I'm sorry to so do it. We got it. Let's talk about the company that sucks before Zuckerberg sucked Cisco. 
<laughs> Cisco oh, okay. warns of a bug that lets attackers break traffic encryption. And this looks like like a pretty bad vulnerability. They're like, there is no patch, there's no active exploitation, any of these things that are out there. And there's two things about this that really stood up to me. And I want to talk about the first thing, right? To find out if CloudSec encryption is being used across the ACI suite, you need to go to infrastructure, site connectivity, configure, sites, <laughs> site name, intersite connectivity on the Cisco Nexus dashboard, orchestrator, NDO, and check if CloudSec encryption is marked enabled. That that sentence just does screamed. it trigger something in you? It, does it triggers it, does it trigger something you? deep in me. Well, I've got to click <laughs> through nine different menus to get no, to the a ASDM. Wasn't, the wasn't, ASDM wasn't is so easy thing? to use. Yeah. Wow. Wasn't that the thing back in like nineteen ninety five, ninety six? My sister twenty things called. just to get to one thing. <laughs> yeah. But so wait, okay, so thing, right? Uh, so, Okay, so organizations have estimated that figuring out whether this enabled will cost approximately $1 billion. They I, Honestly, they need a certified professional to come in and do it, in which they do. They have to hire these people to come in <laughs> and figure it out. If you want to hire a company to do incredibly stupid things like click through menus, please contact Optiv. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn shot by the way nothing but respect oh for a lot gosh. of people right. wow. the company. no no no, no john you, yeah. you've got the wrong person in the crosshairs you mean contact uh like you know was facebook pen testing we're gonna get zucked we gotta watch out we're gonna get zucked, <laughs> we're gonna get zucked. it's gonna be like what hey, i got invited to another blog i'll be right back <laughs> <laughs> what, what would it be called if, if facebook got into pen testing i don't know but We'll get oh, something eventually. Oh, God, please no. I, I can't wait, like, totally unrelated to that last comment. I can't wait until, like, 20 years afterwards where I can start talking about some of the crazy stuff I, I did a long time ago. Mm. And that there would be some funny stories in that realm, actually. So, but this, but the other thing about the Cisco one that, that strikes me as interesting is people get worked up about crypto and decrypting traffic. Can anybody name one situation? where an attacker literally took advantage of like uh, crime, TLS, SSL vulnerabilities, beast. Um, there was one that was the open SSL libraries for open SSH that were also used in open SSL, where they were reusing like very limited key space. Can anyone tell me anything where these particular vulnerabilities of traffic interception um, and TLS SSL decryption were actually used? Norm said Metasploit. Nope. No. Um, that, I no, no, he's saying... No, he's saying that as in the name for Facebook's pen testing arm, which that oh is the my best God, thing Norm. ever. And, it's oh, so man. good. Oh, I know. Norm. Thank Norm. you so much. You, it's oh perfect. Oh my God, that is fantastic. You've earned one schmeckle on the BHIS podcast. <laughs> Holy crap, so, okay. But to respond to your actual question, John, I think the answer is that there are three to five customers who are using this very specific feature who are worried about it, and everyone yeah. else doesn't give a crap. Like, reading through their disclosure, apparently there is Basically, from what I could tell, and I'm not a Cisco CCIE or whatever, what? you can have a core, a core switch. You can have a core switch exchanging information with another core switch across the internet. What could go wrong? Well, well, well but John's just saying that, you know, how often is this actually attacked? Like, think about Poodle. I mean, there's so many of oh, these. Oh, not like, much. But the, the point is, if it's going over the internet, then yes, it, it gets into all the other MITM arguments where it's like, yes. well, if an attacker broke into the data center for AT&T and, and tapped if into their the main fiber line. government <laughs> decided to use this. So, but, I, but I can talk about, like, let, let's talk about something that's tangential, 
right? So if we're looking at the Dan Kaminsky um, DNS attack from 2008, um, there are quote unquote rumors that nation states were using that vulnerability to take over other nation states, specifically the United States was, was using that technique. And I've heard that from very credible sources that once Dan Kaminsky released it, there were people at the NSA that were like, God damn it. <laughs> um, also, that exact same year at Black Hat, there was a BGP prefix ASN hijacking vulnerability that came out. If you have an ASN that basically broadcasts two IP addresses that are the same IP address, um, the one that's more specific wins and you can reroute traffic through the internet using that technique. That was actually used by the Chinese. Russia and I think used the United States Apple. used that as well. So I've seen these types of vulnerabilities being used by nation states. Um, and this one, whenever you're talking about a core switch to a core switch on the internet, possibly nation state level type activity. So I'm going through like, I'm trying to exhaust, but like TLS, SSL, decryption of in, um, encryption of VPN traffic, other than in the realm of nation states going at it with each other, I, I just don't know how much organizations need to be terrified about these types of vulnerabilities because at the end of the day, the attacker is going to find a point of entry in your environment that does not support two-factor. They're going to find a breach credential or password of season and year to get it. Like that's how they're going to get it the vast majority of the time. So this is just like one of those axes that, you know, I know people at RSA and I know people that do CVEs, like they get all bent out of shape over these types of vulnerabilities, but I don't know how applicable it is to day-to-day -day security ops. Like patch your shit um, when a patch comes out and you're going to be fine. Just well, don't. The crazy thing about this is there is no patch. That, must, yeah. that probably tells you how few people are using it, but they're just like, Nah, just uncheck that checkbox and you're good to go. Yeah, we we made a we made a mess up on that default. Whoops. Yeah, it is kind of scary though, though, because like the only people who are using Cisco by now are mostly probably nation states. That, that was <laughs> what I was going to say is who yeah. is using Cisco? Like I do not see a lot of Cisco yeah. stuff out there. It's besides, nation. It's, oh, it's, dude, Cisco yeah. in the government no, space no, is yeah. Yeah. government is all Cisco. Uh, dude. Yeah. Ian, back me up. Also in yeah. big corporate spaces, like yeah. it is. That's all. You, I, you don't use anything else. Period. It's, it's any, really any organization as well that has any sort of DOD relationship, not, yeah. not even, like private organizations, they're not going to go to Juniper. They're not going to go whatever because they have to have folks come in and verify mm -hmm. STIGs in their private environment yes. to be able to maintain uh, their contracts. And they're not going to go just, through and do it anywhere. Yeah, did it, did, you just made me throw up a little when you I said know, STIG. I know. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah, you're a top tier fan? The gold disc strike, strikes again. So I used to drink Cisco Kool-Aid, right? Like the real stuff, right? And yeah. so, but it's, it is wild how many people and how expensive it is and all this other crazy stuff. The mm -hmm. other wild thing is how many features are inside of Cisco as, as like a product that were made for like one government customer because they asked for it, yes. right? And that's probably this one. what Dude, this I've been on the conversations. Well, that's that's even what I was gonna say. Did we lose? Oh, we lost. Oh, there I'm back. Um, back. No, that's what I was gonna say about this. I wanted to put my tinfoil hat on because it's like, okay, there's this limited set of groups, and they happen to be the NSA and their data centers in Utah, and mm -hmm. that group, uh, you know, has been using this tradecraft. I mean, bug. Uh, for a while, and I'm I'm just when I see stuff like that where it's like <laughs> network equipment talking to network equipment, being able to take away privacy measures. The first thing I think of is there's there's you know some some like Uber nerd uh up at Fort Meade going, damn it, I gotta write another thing now. Hold on. No, and, and yeah. so just so you know, I've been in conversations where a bug mm. has been found in the intelligence mm. community in mm. a product, 
and been in the room when people are arguing where you have like um, a DA or a PA designated accrediting authority or program accrediting authority, who's like, there's a vulnerability in this, we need to fix it. And then there's somebody else on the collection or the analyst side who's like, no, 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 we need to use this against our adversaries. And they duke it out. Like, like it's seriously a conversation of, but I need to make sure our systems are secure. And they're like, but we could also use it against the Russians. Mm. Um, and they oh. go back and forth. So think about that. Like the NSA has to secure their stuff and they also are finding vulnerabilities in this stuff. Mm. So I, I, I just love those because it's awesome just to sit back and be like, this whole conversation is not my problem because at the yeah. end, you've got to do something about it and they're going to tell you what to do. And that's that. Okay, so, I I want to bring something back full circle because you know how we speculated about how uh, hacking groups are not very secure. Oh, so God. the let me spy compromise. <laughs> basically, a the hacker s- broke into a phone spyware app oh, company no. and mm-hmm. stole the like you know data breach the data breach app. Is this like hacking <laughs> group? Or, we'll, no, we'll please please yeah. pronounce the security blog that that found it. It's like Tech third crunch? paragraph down. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's the Polish security blog that first reported the breach. Like Where is it? On the screen. Oh, yeah. It's Nimbus. <laughs> uh, no, I just butchered oh that. Scroll God. down a little bit. Scroll down a little. It's a Polish security blog. We're going to. It's going to. Nibis Picnic. Hold on. There you go. Nibis Picnic. Oh, wait. Nibis Picnic. It didn't translate. No translate. Basically, John, uh, so, John okay. Poland right now learning Polish. He would he would come in and pronounce it for us. <laughs> so <laughs> let me Nubs spy Flavik. was a phone monitoring app that is mon- marked for parental control or employee monitoring. What a great name, by the way. Let me yeah, spy. Let me spy. I, I, honestly, I, I like that they don't beat her on the bush. They're just like, yeah, we're spying on spy. you. It is. It's it's what's on the can is what it is. Right. It's not like something yeah, like says, safe wrap or something. It's like, oh, it's safe. a very professional product. It's LMS. Okay. Also known as stalkerware, these kinds of phone monitoring apps are planted by spouses or domestic domestic partners without their often without their domestic knowledge spying. or consent. And basically, I just think it's funny like that someone went and, you know, and breached the developer of a creepy app. Have you ever heard the term spouseware before? Before this article? No, but that sounds so sad. I had never heard it. I was like, that's got a a name? Like, can you buy products called spouseware? Here, hold on. Well, John, there's anything where. No, there's got to be Google Ads with it, right? (laughs) So I'm I'm going to. Holy crap. There's actually a company called spouseware. (laughs) It's spouseware.net. If so, if your spouse does this to you, you need to be ex-spouseware. <laughs> so like, I gotta look at their marketing. Sorry, I'm clicking on this link. You guys go. I'm diving deep. Just give me oh, a second. No. So, no, I'm gonna share something. It's not in our, our news, but if you if you are the person who is hearing this for the first time and going, I've never heard of spouseware before, I highly recommend you go and look at Eva Galprin's work, Eva's side over at the she EFF. She does so good. She's been bringing uh, spouseware and that kind of stuff to, into EFF projects. It's kind of a core passion of hers. And uh, she's actually going to be at the Securing Sexuality Conference in Chicago, where they're, they're starting up our, our friends, uh, Stephanie and Wolf Gorlich. They, uh, they're up there starting this conference of the where relationships and sexuality and whatnot and technology blend and how we secure it so uh yeah Good no bug. this is a real real thing i, I want so to can we talk I just about want to point out really quick hold on i went to spouseware.net 
Wow. And right yep. at the top, they say they were featured on BBC, Forbes, and Yahoo. If you go to BBC, um, Stalkerware, the software that spies on your spies on your partner, it is not a flattering article. <laughs> Joe Titty. No, at but all. all press is good it press, is, John. It is, it is not a good. They is, talked you know, about how malicious we are. We're the best. That like literally for months, these incidents built up, turning an abusive marriage into a nightmare that came to a <laughs> chilling conclusion. <laughs> but John, a that's that's family what, trip. This is what they're advertising. Yeah. Like, yes, that's what they're that's fun. what they're going for. Would this you like what, to turn your marriage into a nightmare? And then Forbes says, "Meet the cowboys of creepware, selling your government grade <laughs> surveillance on your on your phone for your spouse." So they're so, literally like, yeah. "Hey, these are articles that talk about who we are, and they call us creeps." And oh can my you, god, can, can, can you imagine how frustrating it would be if someone installed this on your phone? And not only is that just so incredibly invasive, but then the company also got breached. So not only is the data already <laughs> accessible to your spouse or your ex-spouse or whatever, but it's also accessible to like everyone, the, the public uh, internet, like uh, location uh, data was stolen. Oh my God. Okay. So creepy story. Um, uh -oh. So years ago when I was teaching, I was in Vegas and um, I was not teaching crazy. a room, one of the big rooms, about a hundred people. And there was this one guy from a foreign country who was not from America. And he kept calling me over and hey check this out and he would show me like him hacking into something and he's like i have permission it's okay and i'm like this is weird um this is very strange and during one of the labs i'm walking around the room and he has like this poison ivy dashboard set up where he literally has hundreds of computer systems and he's clicking through the webcams on every single one of these systems. Like he's just going through and clicking on the webcams. And I come up behind him and I'm like, what is that? Are those work computers? Because he would click through them and they were not office spaces. They were not cubicles. So this guy worked for an ISP in a, in a foreign country. And he was literally doing DNS hijacking, dropping malware on all these different systems. And he looks at me and he goes, no, I don't have permission for these computer systems. But don't worry, I'm not doing anything evil with them. I'm, I'm a legitimate white hat hacker. And I'm like, you are literally hacking hundreds of computer systems and violating the privacy of all of these people. And it's just, yeah, we ended up kicking them out of the class. The FBI had to get involved. It was ugly. But I kind of feel like that same type of vibe, right? Like, let me spy has access. What was it? 250,000? What was the total? Yeah, number? something like that. But I mean, yeah, this, I have, this is I have really like a parental just, question. This, oh, go ahead, Mike. This is just really an extension of the devices that they used to use for tracking people in their cars. And I know this from a former friend that actually did this to his spouse? wife. That to, to, they were in the middle of a divorce. It was a messy situation overall. God. But he called me up one day. He's like, yeah, I got this tracking device on her and I can track it on the web, but I want to follow her. Could you go ahead and go to this website and show, give me directions? I went, no, that's unethical. Yeah. Well, it, it, this this sort it, of stuff was originally just actual like discs or something that they would slip onto a car to be able to track somebody before the GPS inside the phone. And so, Mike, it, the other thing I think that we need to talk about, you talked about, you said it wasn't, you said it was unethical, which I think is interesting. You didn't say it was illegal. No. And the reason why I'm guessing you didn't say that, and this gets really creepy, if you're in the middle of a divorce and you put that on a spouse's computer system in many states. That's not considered illegal. 
Yeah, it, I, I legality of it. I always, I, I'm not a lawyer, so I will not say illegal I, or. Oh, I'm not a lawyer. Asking me, you, me, go, me going ahead and doing something like that, though, I, I don't completely care. Yeah. against my ethics. No, it's completely, completely against, against the ethics, and I think that that's what's really super creepy about it. Right? Is it is legal for people to install this crap on a spouse's computer system because it's considered shared property, property. in many states? It is unfreaking believable, yeah. and this is one that's of those things. Crazy. Ian was talking about Eva. Eva's been doing a lot of work on, on, on trying to get these types of laws overturned. You can say, I have a computer. I may be married, but this is my computer, and I have a right to privacy on this type of thing. But How, no, it, it's, it's okay. really, really creepy. I've had like uh, uh, private eyes and attorneys contact BHIS to do the same thing, just like you get asked, Mike. And they're always like, well, it's legal. Technically, he owns that computer, so you're not breaking any laws if we load spyware on it. It's like, oh my God. just just please get out. Yep. How do you feel about parents doing this to kids? I, I would say the same. Yeah, yeah, I, well, yeah it's the same. Oh, act, okay, right. right? Like, <laughs> so, so I was going to say, if you need to do this to your kid or of your spouse, you may have another issue that you might yeah. like. Oh, should, maybe you shouldn't give them a phone, right? That's yeah. That. I, I'm, I'm more with Wade. If I could go back in time and talk to myself, um, like, like six years ago, I'd be like, really, you need to severely restrict the types of phones your kids have. And the monitoring software that you do put on them, because like the amount of stuff that they get into is just ridiculous. And my kids, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just, yeah, it's tough as a parent, right? Because whenever you have a kid and they're like, let's say 10 years old, and I've had people talk to me and they're like, yeah, my kid is getting like, I, I came by on their iPad and I saw porn on it the other day. How do I deal with that? Dude, that is a really difficult situation to deal with, like yeah. no matter what. Yeah, um, or even worse, I know some people are like, what's possibly worse than porn? <laughs> if you find out your teenage son is all of a sudden into like Andrew Tate and is into like misogynistic websites, all of those different things, as a parent, how do you control that? Right? How do you actually control that yeah. type of data getting to your kids? I agree, you know, you got to do something about it, but holy But crap. anyone, yeah, I, I think I think the biggest thing is to factor part of this situation that we're talking about which is one of these providers being breached you need to factor the possibility into your decision if you're going to go forward with it if especially for a parent for a spouse it's you know factor as well but for a kid talking about getting your 10 year old's browser history and location history breached that's a actual much bigger risk probably to a you know abduction or other potential really sketchy scenarios with kids and that it's not like when you get access to these apps it's only you that has access to the data that's, That's not true. how it works. And you have to factor that in to your decision. And I don't think a lot of people would think that. The marketing materials aren't going to say, by the way, we have access to all the data too. But this exactly. data breach proves that that is the case. They but can't I even that, claim they don't have the data. But I think that there's other alternatives, right? Like Android mm. has parental controls. Apple mm, has yeah, parental controls. For sure. Use those. I think that they do most of what you need. Um, and it's I called love- Let Me Spy. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> called Let Me Spy. <laughs> and it's called like the Cowboy Creep. Um, who's doing this, but I'm also a huge fan of Firewalla. Um, mm. Kids are really good at getting past things. Just for reference, my kids have been through like SANS 504. They know a bunch of hacking stuff. And I found my Firewalla the other day. I was walking back behind my barn in like a pile of cow crap smashed to pieces. Why? Because my kids hated it so much. They just disconnected the damn thing and threw it out the back of the house. That's really good. And it doesn't involve me like looking at their individual content, but I can see websites. I can control all of these things without feeling like I'm an absolute creeper. 
And um, I think I don't. I think it was O O Killer. Yeah, that's the one I had. Said, there, yeah. My kids know that I'm doing this, right? Like I'm not <laughs> surreptitiously monitoring what they're doing. They know that I'm actually doing this type of control. I, I've said the okay. same thing to my my kids as they've gotten phones. I've said, you know, I come. You you mentioned something, John, that I, I immediately reacted to, and it says, "Oh, what happens if I find my kids got porn on their computer?" I'm like, "Well, the solution is to sit down and have a conversation with them about consent and boundaries and okay, what that is." That's, and, dude, that's super yeah. easy peasy. Let me do another one. Yeah. Let's say that you have a child that's in a relationship with somebody else who's a child mm-hmm. that's 12, 13 years old, and they're sending sexually explicit pictures to your child mm-hmm. on a device that you own. Right. All of a sudden, it's not a simple conversation at that point. Oh, oh, sure. But I, I wasn't it's, going that it, route. It's phone in a blender time. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 But more where I was going with that, just to kind of close a the thought there, is, is people want to have technical solutions to, to avoid awkward conversations. And in, in reality, you need both, right? You yeah. need to sit down. And yes. If this is a solution to your problem, you need yeah. to reevaluate your decision making. To, 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 to go to true. When you start to getting to, into let me spy. Because there's so yes, many. I want to spy that. on my ex. That you, oh, wherever God. you've gotten with this, you're, you've, you've taken, you've gotten, you're, you're off track. You're, you're, you're getting close yep. to being like what a cyber sociopath where you've got 100 people's webcams that you're looking yep. through. Like, exactly. Yeah. So like it really is. But the the and the biggest example, I think the reason we're even talking about it is that it, it proves that these companies they have to keep the data themselves. It's not like Apple's parental controls, where it just says this setting is disabled or this app is disabled or these DNS domains are blocked. It is like location tracking or something like that that is centrally collected. It's different than like yep. it's not a control as much as it is a collector. You know, yep. so. well, and I, I think that there is a difference, right, between like the Google controls, the Apple controls, maybe a firewall. Uh, um, you know, those are. I, I think I look at those as like if somebody has those level of controls on their kids' phones, or on, that's a good um, idea. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. It's prevention. I get a little bit yeah. weird, like if I was going to put that on, like even like Apple stuff on my wife's phone, that's starting to get a little creepy to me. Yes. Like at that point. But yeah, as soon as you're like, I want to see every text message, I want to see every image, I want to see all, like, you're moving into creep territory, whether or not you're a parent or a spouse or anything, it's, at that, there's definitely, there's orders of magnitude of creepiness between these things. I, I yes. set up a pie hole on my home network, right? And yeah. watching all the DNS traffic and then immediately turned it off and realized I probably shouldn't be watching my roommate's DNS traffic. Right? Well, yeah. no, you should, <laughs> what you should do. Okay, here's, here's, the, here, here's the simple solution. And this is what, this has been a thing since the beginning of time. You do it, you put the preventions in place, but you disable logging. It's that simple. It's like, that simple. You, 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 you see my alert. username? You like, don't how log. Can... <laughs> you don't yeah, log that's... it. Because if you don't log it, not only are you not liable for it, but you also don't get to see it. And someone can't breach it, by the way. If but someone also... figures out a pie hole zero day, they can't steal all your DNS block logs and see all your weird porn sites. So that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the solution. What if that, I think that's a great solution, but I also think self-control is part of it, too. It's like, like wait, I, I, you know, like same thing, right? Somebody's like, "Hey, my computer's not working. Can you look at it?" I really don't want to. Ugh, I don't want to touch your computer. I've, I've I don't want to look at anything. I like just I know. don't. I worked in oh, IT for a long enough to know I don't want to see it. Yeah. Start yeah. scanning uh, a hidden folder, and you're like, "Wait a second. Whoa, homework is two terabytes. App that's using all this bandwidth over here. Oh uh, my god, it's I, it's it's, it's I, Tor. What? 
what is I, this? Oh my God. Yeah. No. I do want to say a good, like a good situation. If you do see your children looking at this, like I will admit my, I've had a computer my entire life. My dad sat me down and showed me how to clear my browser history and said, you, you get how it works. And I said, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, all right. Dad's a good man. Dad's a good dude. Dad's a good man. Good dude. I, I, like I said, I, I've literally had parents come to me and they're literally like, I, I have like my kid's computer, my kid's iPad is riddled with naked pictures of them with another teenager. That's a much more difficult problem. And the only thing I tell them is like, you need to talk to your kid. You need to get this under control. And I want you to know that you are violating a ton of laws because that is your device and there is child pornography on it. And there is really no clean way to deal with some of that crap. It's just tough, right? So quick, throw in a fun ending before because that was a, a rough a ending. Fun, a fun ending? I don't know if this that wasn't very fun. No, it wasn't very fun. Once, uh, once again, thank you for coming and helping us document the downfall of folks. humanity through the lens of IT security. We appreciate it, <laughs> yeah. and we will see you next week in BHIS talking about news. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Bye, everyone. All right, I gotta, I gotta pull the, the I gotta pull the finger out. Finger. There we go.